kids want to come forward and sing, that would be great. Welcome to our church. I'm Mike Maciejewski. And I'm Julie. Please fill out your friendship card to get on the mailing list, to sign up for any activities, any prayers or concerns, and any notes you want to send for the staff. And if you're new to our church, please be sure and pick up a gift that we have for you in the back of the church at the Connection site after worship. Thank you for coming today, and welcome to Pendleton Center Church. And we have a couple of clipboards being passed around at this time. The one is for fish fries. And yes, fish fries are starting this Friday. So we really need you to sign up for that because it takes lots and lots and lots of help to do that. And the other one is for trunk or treat, which is a special evening where um, we have cars that are all decorated up and the kids go around and, uh, co and collect candy and stuff. So there, there's clipboards for both of those. So please make sure to check those out and sign up. Uh, other announcements, the UNI group with their monthly get-together. The next one on Monday will be bread time stories. And so the information for that is in the Little Good News. Again, it's this Monday at 7. Christmas cantata. Yes, we're talking Christmas already. Christmas cantata rehearsals are starting this Wednesday at 7.45. Speak with Kelly Putney if you have any questions about that. And also the blood drive is next Saturday. It's going to be from nine to one and it's going to take place in the ark. So if you come and you don't see the, the vehicle with it, just know it's happening, it's just down in the ark, okay? So let's prepare to worship God by having a prayer together. Lord, we thank you for this opportunity to gather in your house. And we pray that you will inspire us with your word and your presence that we may be a blessing to you, hear our praises, guide our paths. In Jesus' name, amen. I'd like to invite you all to stand if you're able as we sing together, Great is Thy Faithfulness.
with me today something that is very special to me. Can you see what it is? It's a blanket. And you know, you might just think it's just any kind of blanket, but for me, and especially to my daughter, this is pink blankie. Pink blankie. In fact, it's been washed so many times, it's not even really pink anymore, but it was definitely pink blankie. You know, when my daughter was little, and she ever got upset? Would she cry? What do you think we did? Well, yeah, we did that. I mean, first of all, we would hold her. Did you ever hold somebody because they were upset? No? Did you ever hold someone's hand? Or give them a high five? Give somebody a high five right now. Can you give a high five? Say, you're awesome. You're awesome. Give high fives. Or you hold someone's hand because they need, they need to feel you're there. Or you give your mom or dad a hug because you love them. My daughter was not able to be only held by us. She was feeling just a little upset. She would have pink blankie. You know what? She loved the fringe. 
just loved to play with the fringe. And there was just the touch between mom and dad's hands and the fringe on the blanket said, everything's okay. You know, there's something powerful in touch. And God can touch us right down to the very inside of us can touch, just like we get held and touched by our parents, or we can touch something that makes us feel comfortable, God can touch us and help us to feel that everything's okay. And so the next time that you're feeling uncomfortable or afraid or something, and it feels like you need to play with some fringe, it feels like you need to have a hug, also reach out to God, because he can feel that. He can fill that up from the inside and touch your very soul. Does that make sense? Yeah. So what are you all thankful for this morning? I know there's so much going on you must be thankful for. Raise your hands if you want to say. My dad. Um, my mom. My sisters and friends. My sister. Loving daddy. My dad. Rachel, is your hand up? My mom and dad and my family. Okay, anyone else? Okay, let's pray then. God, we thank you for our families, for our friends, and most especially for you. We pray that you'll be with us this week and help us to feel the loving touch, that we may feel you close. Keep us safe, keep us well. In Jesus' name, amen. You all can go off to Sunday school. Good morning. Isn't it a beautiful day to be in the house of the Lord? I'm just warming you up for the sermon. Be ready. Okay. Isn't it a wonderful thing to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Yes. All right. All right. Amen. I want to um, let you know that um, it is just such a blessing to always gather with all of you. And as we continue in our worship, we show God how much we love him, how much we appreciate what God has blessed us with as we return our gifts, tithes, and offerings. So let's do that as an act of worship to God.
Heavenly Father, we do give you thanks and praise for this day and for the opportunity to gather and worship and, Lord God, to offer our gifts to you. Lord, it's not just our financial gifts that we offer. We offer up all those gifts that you have given us, gifts for service in your kingdom. And we ask that you would bless all of them, Lord God, and give us wisdom to know how to best use them, to draw many toward you, that many would be saved. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. And we had um, our fall prayer vigil this coming this uh, past weekend, and lots of prayer requests. You can see there's a whole stack of them on the um, the table here, the communion table that we're offering up to the Lord. And people came and prayed for 24 hours. People prayed over all of these concerns, and people kept adding concerns to them. It was such a blessing. Such a blessing to know that um, we, as, as our church, can pray for one another. We continue to offer up those prayers, and whatever prayers that you have, please continue to bring them. And to remember, um, to take a few minutes every day and pray for the folks in your church and your church family. We also have in the bulletin, um, I, I don't know, the, the um, Memorial All Saints Day is coming. And we want to do that memorial service um, coming up soon at the end of um, end of October, the 1st of November. So if you know someone, if you have someone in your life who has um, passed on in the past year, please let us know. And we want to make sure that we remember them. We also have um, some concerns to lift up this morning. Uh, Chris and Debbie King, I think we announced last week that Chris's mom, Jean, um, had passed away. And they want to let you know that the memorial service <clears throat> is going to be November 14th. That's something you want to be at. Jim Schlemmer is battling with pneumonia. He's had some health concerns over the past few months, and he is battling pneumonia right now. Um, it doesn't say on here whether he's still in the hospital, but he was at Suburban last week. Um, so we want to keep him and Dottie in our prayers. Norma Wittig is also over at Suburban right now. She's having some breathing problems and just some general health issues that we need to keep in our prayers. Debbie Joseph had knee surgery on Tuesday, so prayers for her continued healing um, and recovery. I know her other knee was doing real well, and she was looking forward to having that done. So, um, And Jan, Jan Inwards um, is going to be having her other eye surgery on Thursday, and we're praying for that to just be uh, a blessing. Yeah? Praise God. With these concerns, and those concerns that are in your heart as well, let's turn to the Lord in prayer. Gracious Heavenly Father, Creator God, Creator of all things in this world, and the one who made us too. We just come before you now, Lord, and know that you answer our prayers. We know that you hear them before we even ask. You know what's in our hearts, and we are so grateful. We're so grateful to be connected to be in relationship, to be in love with God, with you, the one and only God who is just so wonderful to us. 
Lord, we lift up all of these folks that have been named. We lift up, again, those folks on all of the prayer cards for, from the prayer vigil. Lord, we just pray right now that you bring your answer in your good time for each and every need that there is. Lord, we pray that you would touch each one of us. Be with us and bless us from the top of our heads to the soles of our feet. Bring healing into our spirits, our souls, and our bodies. Lord, so that we can continue to be your witnesses for Christ. So that we can be your hands and feet, your voice in this world. Work in us and through us that we can bring healing wherever healing is needed. Not because we have some special thing about us, but because it's your power flowing in us and through us to touch the hearts and lives of the people you love. Help us to draw many toward you, Lord. Help us live lives that are an example of your great love and mercy. But not only that, Lord, help us to be able to speak the truth in love, to say those things that need to be said with words that you inspire us with, so that when we speak them, they are heard and received. Lord God, there are so many who are sick and infirm. We pray for them too, and we pray for ourselves where we are sick and infirm because none of us is completely whole except that we join together with you. Hear us now, Lord, as we lift up from our hearts in silent prayer those folks and those situations that you have put on our hearts today. Now, Lord, Open our eyes, our ears, our hearts, our minds to see you and to hear you, to understand you as your word is spoken forth. Let it be strengthening to us. Let it give us the endurance we need and the wisdom we need to go forth into your world. Let, us, let it empower us, Lord. Let it encourage us. Anoint Pastor Sherry, Lord, as she brings the word that you've given her this morning. Let it be a blessing to her and a blessing to us. Lord God, we pray in Jesus' name that all of our worship is a blessing to you. And as we go out into the world, we leave this place, that we carry this blessing 
so that we can be a blessing to others. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Shall we hear from the word of the Lord? Good morning. Today's reading is Luke chapter 8, verses 40 through 56. Now when Jesus returned, a crowd welcomed him, for they were all expecting him. Then a man named Jairus, a ruler of the synagogue, came and fell at Jesus' feet, pleading with him to come to his house because his only daughter, a girl of about 12, was dying. As Jesus was on his way, the crowds almost crushed him, and a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years but no one could heal her. She came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak, and immediately her bleeding stopped. Who touched me, Jesus asked. When they all denied it, Peter said, Master, the people are crowding me and pressuring against you. But Jesus said, Someone touched me. I know that power has gone out from me. Then the woman, seeing that she could not go unnoticed, came trembling and fell at his feet. In the presence of all the people, she told why she had touched him and how she had been instantly healed. Then he said to her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. While Jesus was still speaking, someone came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue ruler. Your daughter is dead, he said. Don't bother the teacher anymore. Hearing this, Jesus said to Jairus, Don't be afraid, just believe, and she will be healed. When he arrived at the house of Jairus, he did not let anyone go in with him except Peter, John, and James, and the child's father and mother. Meanwhile, all the people were wailing and mourning for her. Stop wailing, Jesus said. She is not dead, but asleep. They laughed at him, knowing that she was dead. But he took her by the hand and said, My child, get up. Her spirit returned, and at once she stood up. Then Jesus told them to give her something to eat. Her parents were astonished but he ordered them not to tell anyone what had happened. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Christy. So, this story is told of people in great desperation. Real desperation. And desperation is one of those words that, in today's world, we kind of throw it around. It's like, oh, desperate for a good parking spot. I'm desperate for a cup of coffee. I'm desperate for a clicker that'll change the sound and not just the channels. Desperate. You know, even when we were um, building the log cabin on the mission trip, it was crazy stressful. And there was one point where I stopped and I said, guys, we just need to pray and I am desperate for some chocolate. <laughs> And God bless Dalton, whose eyes got big, and he's like, we have some. And, and he went and got the, the chocolate, we all got the chocolate, we're like, okay, okay, we're okay. It's not the desperation we're talking about. Today, it's different. Um, I want to show you a, a little video clip of just a glimpse of some of the desperation that goes on in today's world. It's from Pursuit of Happiness, and it's a man and his son, and they're homeless. He doesn't know what to do. 
desperate in some way. We may not be in that position, but we are desperate. There's a hunger deep inside each and every one of us that is needing and broken. We can try to pretend it's not there. You know, we're, we're cavemen. We're going to go find a cave, but it's there if we really look. It's brokenness, suffering, maybe physical, maybe emotional, and that there's pain and there's grief. It may be spiritual for any of the sins that we may have in our life. And the only way 
to be able to fill the brokenness and the despair, that hunger deep inside of us is with faith. And this story that we looked at today is a story of great faith, real faith, that tackles the real desperation. It says, Jesus arrived in town. And last week he was on the other side of the Sea of Galilee and he was with all of the Gentiles and now he arrived back and the Jews remembered, oh yeah, Jesus, he's that cool guy. He fed us, right? He, he, he's really kind of a cool guy. We can, we can go check out this phenomenon guy. And so they're all there and they're all crowding around him and crowding around him. And in the midst of all of this, Jairus comes forward. He says that he fell at Jesus' feet, pleading with him, pleading with him, my little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so she may be healed. And Jesus, of course, had compassion, and he went. And he's going through the crowds, and I can imagine Jairus with him saying, Come on, break through. It's important. we got to get through. The desperation is there. My daughter's dying. And in the midst of trying to get Jesus through, Jesus stops. You see, at the same time, there was this woman also making it through the crowd, coming in from behind, hiding. Said that she had been bleeding for 12 years. Most scholars believe she had a uterine hemorrhage. And you see, at that time, because of the Levitical laws, that problem made her unclean. Worse than a leper. It meant that no one could touch her, ever. For 12 years, she has been isolated from everyone and everything. She spent every penny she had going to physicians, trying to get well, and it said she, made, she was made worse. So she was broke. She'd been alone. She hadn't been touched at all in 12 years. She was not allowed to go into the synagogue to worship. In fact, she was considered so unclean that anything she touched was unclean. If she sat down on a chair, that chair is now unclean. If she touched you, you're unclean. She was despised, unworthy, outcast. But she's making it through the crowd, desperate for Jesus because she and Jairus both had faith that Jesus could heal them. So what does it mean to have this faith, the faith that really heals? I mean, many times people believe that faith is just what we think, what we believe. And faith is that. It's like, my faith says that this. I, I believe this. And that it is that. But the root of faith is a verb. Because faith inspires action. If your faith isn't moving, it isn't faith at all. It's just knowledge. It's a verb. James 2.18 says, but someone will say, you have faith, I have deeds, but show me your faith without deeds and I will show you my faith by my deeds. So what are the actions that are happening here with this verb that is called faith? Both Jairus and the woman recognized, start right there, recognized that they were desperate and they needed Jesus. They were desperate for his healing touch and they sought him out. They humbled themselves and they took a risk 
They reached out. They were vulnerable, exposed, needing, desperate, hungry, possessing a deep faith that if there's touch, there will be healing. And so we all need to recognize that we are, in fact, desperate as well. It's the first step of faith. We may be more like someone in the crowd who doesn't really want to look. You know, if you're here today and you think, I'm not broken, there's, there's absolutely nothing wrong in my life, I, I'm actually perfect in every way, then you don't have faith. Because it's that recognition that we have something in us that is not filled with God, that is the, the root of faith. It can be inspired from guilt, shame, despair, loneliness, brokenness, sin. It's physical, it's emotional, it's spiritual. But we have to humble ourselves and become vulnerable first. And especially in America, that doesn't happen. Really, really hard. We are independent, we are strong, nothing's going to touch me. Certainly not going to tell anyone that I've got anything wrong with me. Everything's okay. We come, you come here, it's like, everybody smiles, everything's good, everything's good, right? I'm not going to say, let me first say, I am broken and I need God. And without God, I, I can't go on. We all have to get there. Can we admit to ourselves, first off, that there is something deep inside of each of us that still needs God to reach? And can we even admit that then to God and go forward in faith to seek God? It's a risk. Jairus is a synagogue leader. That means that he is in charge. He's a head honcho guy. Now, the last time Jesus was in a synagogue, he made the Pharisees so angry that they wanted to kill him. They started plotting to kill him at that time. But now Jairus, who's in charge of the synagogue, comes forward and falls at Jesus' feet. He is risking his job. He is risking his livelihood. He is risking his reputation. He is risking the livelihood of his family. He's taking a huge risk because he has faith. The woman not allowed to touch anyone or anything is out in a crowd knowing that if she touches anyone, they're all considered unclean. And if she is caught, they will drag her out. They will flog her and possibly kill her. Taking great risks. Great risks. So why are we here today? Well, you may be part of the crowd. You may say, well, you know, it's Sunday. That's what you do. You go to church, you know. It's, uh, check out this Jesus thing. It's like, eh, well, it's kind of cool, but, you know, it's fine. Um, but that means you're part of the crowd. And truthfully, there's no faith in that. If you're here because you recognize that you love God and you need God, that's the beginning of faith. And so how vulnerable and exposed are we willing to be in God's presence, the entire reason why we're here? 
When we come into worship, a lot of times, even knowing we love God and we need God, we end up being distracted. Oh, well, that really wasn't entertaining enough for me. You know, I'm just really not into it. Or maybe we're protective. You know, I don't, I'm kind of worried about what other people are looking at. You know, I just don't want to. Or, or maybe we're distant because we don't want to feel convicted. But we're really not in it. Why are we here? Because we need to tell God we love him and we need him. We need to say, Lord, I love you and I need you. Can I hear you say that? Can I hear you say it like you mean it? Yes, yes, that's why we're here. And can you imagine the negative comments I'm going to get? Oh, that was awkward. Oh, that was so uncomfortable. I don't know. I, well, they did it too, so maybe it's okay. But I, oh, I didn't really like that. Oh, okay. Why? That's why we're here. And if we got willing to shout it out like that, verbally, are we doing that inside? Are we doing that in our soul? Are we coming to worship saying, Lord, I love you and I need you and I'm in this? Because, you know, worship is a verb. It's not, I'm sitting back and I'm going to watch worship. Then you're part of the crowd. It's okay, but it means you have no saving faith. Worship is a verb. We're here because we love God, because we need God, and we know that God is the only thing that is going to fill that hunger and desperation that's within us. Can you imagine if each and every one of us walking in here had the spiritual feeling of, I love you, God, and I need you, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on this entire place? It would be life-changing. It would be soul-changing. Imagine what Jairus felt as he fell down at the knees of Jesus, risking his job, his reputation. Imagine what the woman felt when she had to stoop down low to touch the fringe on the bottom of his prayer shawl, coming from behind, right? Risking being killed. We have to make a decision. Are we part of the crowd or are we part of the people of faith willing to go forward? Faith moves us into action. It moves you toward God because we love him and we need him. Jesus had agreed to go with Jairus to heal his daughter who was dying when the woman touched him. It says that she touched you read the Greek, and it, that she touched the fringe, which is on her prayer. Jesus would have been wearing a prayer shawl. And at the bottom of the prayer shawl, there were five tassels on each side, representing the Ten Commandments. For her to be able to do that, making through the crowd, she had to go and lean forward, desperate, reaching from behind and grab it. Desperate for healing. And at once Jesus stopped. Can you imagine what Jairus and the disciples thought? Why did you stop? Okay, keep moving, keep moving. There's, there's a girl dying here. Come on, this is important. This is important. Keep going, keep going, keep going. Come on. And Jesus stops in the midst of it. And he says, who touched my clothes? What? What do you mean who touched your clothes? There's crowds everywhere. What do you mean who touched? Why does that matter? A girl is dying. Come on, keep going. You know, there's so much power in touch. Jesus said, who touched my clothes? When we touch 
with a meaningful, purposeful touch. It makes connections. We welcome people with a handshake. We high-five people with a great job. It's, it's okay. We tap them on the back. Don't be afraid. We hold your hand. We grieve and we give a hug. And I love you. I'm going to give you a kiss. They say that if we don't have touch, it does great damage. And if we don't have the touch of God, it does great damage. But Jesus said, who touched my clothes? And I believe Jesus knew exactly who touched his clothes. I believe he was waiting for the woman. You see, he could have easily said, it's fine, she's healed, she can go on. She'll just sneak off, go over and do her own thing. I'm going to continue because I know that this little girl dying is important. But he stopped and he waited. Who touched my clothes? Why? Because this woman cowering in fear, feeling so unworthy, unclean, unwanted, unaccepted, needed that. She needed that. She needed to be able to stand up and to be able to walk forward. She needed to proclaim what Jesus had done. Now, she was terrified. It says she was terrified. And once she actually made it through, she fell at his feet. But then she testified and said, what he had done. He needed her to know that she was not a nobody. You know, she doesn't have a name. Jairus has a name. When Mark wrote this, he made sure that Jairus' name was in there. Everybody knew who Jairus was. Jairus was a big guy. He was a, he was a somebody. But this woman doesn't have a name. Even after she was healed, nobody bothered to go back and find out this woman's name. Throughout our lives, every week, sometimes every day, sometimes every hour, we are in a culture that tells us we are not enough. I'm not tall enough. I'm not short enough. I'm not fat enough. I'm not thin enough. I've never sold enough. Have enough. But, <laughs> but really, I, you don't have enough money. I don't have the right house. I don't have the right car. I don't have the right clothes. You don't have the right education. I'm not smart enough. I'm not strong enough. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not enough. I'm not enough is what we're constantly told. And it can drag us down. And it can create such brokenness inside of us. Jesus needed her to come forward to be able to say, I can do this. And then when she does proclaim what God did, he calls her daughter. Daughter. Can you imagine what that meant? This woman who they didn't even bother to give a name to? For Jesus, the Savior, daughter. And to you, he says, daughter, son, you are a child of mine, made in my image, and you are, no matter what anyone says, you are enough. By the grace of God, you are enough, and don't let anyone ever tell you otherwise. She's now going to be able to worship God. She's not been made well physically. 
She's been made well, emotionally and spiritually as well. Jean Vanier, a great theologian, wrote, to love is to reveal the beauty of another person to themselves. And that's exactly what Jesus did for this woman and exactly what God does for us and exactly what we should be doing for one another. It says that she came down and fell at his feet, trembling with fear, and told him the whole truth. She said it out loud in front of the whole crowd what had been done to her. She testified God's miracle in her life. Do we do that? God's done amazing things in our lives. Do we say it? Do we proclaim it? I'm going to tell you right now, God has done amazing things in my life. He has transformed my life. He gave it meaning. He's given it purpose. He's given me salvation. He's given me a great husband and a great children. And my goodness, I could go on and on and on, but I want to hear from you. What are some of the amazing things that God has done for you? <laughs> really? Come on. Come on. I love you, God, and I need you. Come on. Yeah. Healed your migraines. Amazing. Absolutely. Come on. Yeah. Your husband. Absolutely. Come on, guys. Seriously. Granddaughter. Yes. Brought us to this church. Yeah. Come on. You can do it. Pastors. <laughs> Come on. Your knees. Very good. Very good. Think about it. What's God done? Can you say it? Are you willing to go there? Are you willing to take that risk to step forward and say, God has done amazing things in my life, and I am not afraid to share it. I am not afraid to stand up and say, I am God's, I am God's daughter. He loves me. I am enough. And these are the ways that God has healed me. These are the things God has done for me. I see God all the time in my life. Faith takes risk, guys. Again, oh, that was uncomfortable. <laughs> Is it? Are you part of the crowd? Are you part of the family of faith? Now, while Jesus was still speaking, some people came from the house of Jairus and said, your daughter's dead. Why bother the teacher anymore? Jesus had waited too long. He chose to wait, chose to wait, to be with this unnamed woman because she was just as important as this official's daughter. The problem is that no one else around thought that. No one else knew that. All they knew is, Jesus, you had a mission. She was dying. You should have been there. You were on the way, and you stopped for nothing. You waited too long. Sometimes it feels like we're waiting too long for God. Things we hope for and pray for it can take an awfully long time. You know, there, there are times in my life when I pray and I feel the power of the Holy Spirit. I see God in action. God is revealed. Things happen. Woohoo! And other times, truthfully, I have some prayers, deep prayers on my heart that I have been praying for years. Years. 
I cannot, I cannot comprehend God's divine design, God's divine timing, but I do trust in it, and I am going to continue to pray. Can you imagine if this woman who had been bleeding for 12 years stopped at 11 and a half? Can you imagine if Jairus, after Jesus stopped, said, I'm not doing this anymore. Isaiah 40, 28 through 31 says, Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Jairus' daughter is dead. But Jesus told him, don't be afraid, but believe. Yet the root of the word believe and faith, the same thing. And leads us to action. Jairus at that point could have said, I'm sorry, you took too long. I risked everything for you and you failed. I'm out of here. I'm done with this. I don't, I don't need this. And it's a huge temptation that at some point all of us run into. God is not answering my prayer the way I want it or in the timeliness that I want it. And so we're tempted to walk away and I'm saying faith doesn't walk away. And Jairus didn't walk away either. Jairus stayed with Jesus. And they walked through the mourners. And when Jesus came into the room where the, the child was, she was dead. Now at that time, anyone who was dead was also considered unclean. And you may not touch them. But the good news about Jesus is that he doesn't care about that. That's the whole point. Jesus will reach out and touch our uncleanliness. Jesus reached out and took the child's hand in his. And she was made alive again. He touched her. He, he put his hands on her. He was healed. Jesus is available to touch our souls. When both the woman and the girl are healed by Jesus, the word that is used means so much more. It's based on the word sozo, and sozo is more than healing. It's to be made well, it's to be made whole, and ultimately it's the root of salvation. This is a story of salvation. We recognize we are broken. We seek out God and we humbly come before God saying, I need your touch. And it is at that time that Jesus says, child of mine, daughter, son, you are my child, and you are made well, 
you are healed, you are saved. I'd like to invite you all to stand if you're able as we sing together, hungry.
reading this sermon together, for some reason, Helen Keller's name kept coming up to me. Um, Helen Keller was born in 1880, and when she was 19 months old, she suffered from a crippling disease that made her both blind and deaf. She was in darkness and had no way to communicate with anyone. She was cut off from the entire world in every way. But Anne Sullivan was sent to her as a teacher, and she communicated to Helen through touch. She was able to touch her hand and communicate, touch the throat and be able to find out what each other is saying. And it was through these touches that the darkness was made light. She still remained blind. She still remained deaf. But healing and wholeness was there. And Helen Keller became a Christian, and I encourage you to read what she's written. It's powerful. I wanted to share some of it with you. She reflected on her life, and she said, Truly, I have looked into the heart of darkness, and I refused to yield to its paralyzing influence. And she moved forward and said, I thank God for my handicaps, for through them I found myself, my work, and my God. And then looking back on the years of silence and darkness, she wrote, I always knew God was there. I just didn't know his name. We're here today, broken and needing forgiveness, strength, healing, and wholeness. Please pray with me the prayer of confession. Lord, I love you, and I need you. I am broken. I am sinful. I've not been well. I've not felt whole. I believed others when they said I wasn't enough. Forgive me. Heal me. Make me whole. Thank you, Lord. In your grace and mercy. Amen. Hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were still sinners, while we were still unclean, wanting to touch our lives. So in the name of Jesus Christ, our sins are forgiven. Glory to God.
Are you hungry for God today? Good news. He made supper. And he invites each and every one of us to join him at the table. Isn't it wonderful to be welcomed? Isn't it wonderful to know you're invited? And you get to sit at the table with the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. What a blessing. God knows there's a hunger in our hearts for him. And he wants to fill that hunger. When we come to the table and share in the bread and the cup, we receive from God that wholeness, that healing, that fullness that makes it right, strengthens us to go out and be what God has called us to be, everything God has called us to be, to have a peace and a contentment within our very souls Come to the table. Everyone is welcome. If you love God, you all said you did. Earnestly repent of your sin. And we did that. And we seek to live in peace. The peace of God that passes all understanding. As a disciple of Jesus Christ, you're welcome at the table this morning. So come. Come expecting to receive all that God has for you, to have that hunger inside you filled. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, so with your people on the earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and we join in their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you and blessed is your son, Jesus Christ. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church. You delivered us from slavery to sin and to death and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. Jesus commissioned us to be his witnesses to the ends of the earth and to make disciples of all nations. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread he gave thanks to you. He broke the bread and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And when the supper was over, he took the cup and he gave you thanks and praise and he gave it to his disciples. He said, drink from this, all of you. This is the cup of my blood, the blood of the new covenant poured out for you. Poured out for many for the forgiveness of sin. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me.
So in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here. Nami's gifts of bread and wine, make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world, the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood. By your spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other and one in ministry to all the world, until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Shall we pray together with the confidence of children of God, the prayer Jesus taught us? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Will those serving please come forward?
table is ready, come, expecting to receive all God has for you. Feel free to light a candle and say a prayer for any need that you want to lift up and stop at the rail for anointing with oil and laying on of hands, whatever it is that you're needing. Come, God wants to meet with you and fill that hunger. stand and join in our closing our closing hymn he touched me and you have this moment become whole. But we're heading into a really broken world out there. And there's a great likelihood that throughout this week, we're going to hear we're not enough. We're going to fall into sin. We're going to get struggles and trials. And we're going to feel broken and afraid. Own it. Then come to Jesus. Seek him out because he will give you the touch that fills that brokenness. Take that risk and go forth being healed with the power and the glory of Jesus. May his touch heal your life. Amen. Amen.